I'm Olympic and world champion diver, Laura Wilkinson, and this is the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Each week, we are unlocking the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual tools that help athletes reach their biggest goals in sports. All right, I'm going to apologize in advance. I grew up as a gymnast, so I tend to geek out just a little bit when we get these amazing gymnasts on the show, and today is no exception, especially because this one I have a little more in common with. Chelsea Mimmel is a six-time world medalist and an Olympic silver medalist. And in addition to being only the third U.S. woman to achieve the world all-around gold, Chelsea led Team USA to its first-ever world team gold medal in 2003. And if that's not enough, what started as a fun journey into adult gymnastics as a 32-year-old mom of two has completely transformed into a full-on comeback with an eye on the Tokyo 2021 Olympics. We get into all the details today from her journey to the top to devastating injuries to a brand new spark that has her feeling like she's already won. One of the things that Chelsea mentions is the quality of her mindset now and how that is shaping her confidence. The mental game is one of my absolute favorite topics. And if that's something you're wanting to dive deeper into, I've created three easy ways for you to learn more about mental training. Just go visit laurawilkinson.com slash learn. I'll link to that in the show notes to make it easier for you. But at laurawilkinson.com slash learn, you'll find an option that's right for you from just dipping your toe in the water with a freebie that contains five smart strategies to confidence all the way to a complete step-by-step program, including coaching from yours truly for the athlete that's ready to take their game to the next level. And before we get into this episode, please take a quick minute to subscribe, rate, and review us. This really helps us to continue bringing on these awe-inspiring guests like Chelsea Memel. I believe that there's gold in your future, so let's dive on into this episode. All right. I am super excited to welcome Chelsea Memel to the Pursuit of Gold podcast today. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am too. I am too. I'm kind of geeking out a little because like the the former gymnast in me always like, I feel like a little kid when I talk to other gymnasts. So <laughs> it's fun. Well, okay. So what you're doing right now is absolutely phenomenal and we're going to get to that. But I really want to kind of give some background for people who maybe don't know your full history or they're just not you know familiar with the important little details. So kind of tell us how you get st- got started. I think both your parents were gym coaches, right? They were. They were both gymnasts themselves, both at the collegiate level. And then they both started coaching. And that's how they met. They met at a gymnastics summer camp. Aww. Yeah. And then working together, they worked at a club together and then opened up their own gym. And that's just, it's it's where I grew up. Um, so that's you know, how I got into it, just, just being there. That's, that's what I was doing. And they, they put me in other things and other sports, but none of that stuck. I just, I loved being in the gym. Yeah. I just kind of gravitated back there. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, at what point did you kind of really realize that you were going to be that kind of amazing gymnast that you probably dreamed of? Well, there was a few different like moments like that. The first one was when I was seven and I didn't realize fully like what it was then, but it was when they decided to find another club and coach, um, that had an elite program. I was, I was angry with them at first think you don't want me at your gym anymore. Um, cause I was really, you know, I was young, but I, you know, I understood it. We talked it through. And like I said, they just wanted me to be in a program that had an established elite gymnast and it, and it was really great. And I, and the girls who were there were a little bit older than me that I trained with who were elites. But it was it was really good and it was a really good idea for them and for us and just the relationship and, and a family because they at that time they just wanted to focus on being my parents and my support system and not also have to have the pressure of trying to be my coaches as well. That makes sense. Yeah. So that was the first time I was like, okay, so now, you know, we can can still be fun, but you're gonna it's gonna be taking a little bit more seriously. And then the next time around was 2003. It was after world championships because I always thought it would be really cool to make an Olympic team. And it was like a dream. But for me, it didn't set in as like, this could be a reality (laughs) until after worlds in 2003, till after I was part of a winning team. I had, you know, made it to all around finals I medaled on bars. That is when it was like, Oh, Chelsea, like you could really do this. <laughs> <laughs> how how old were you then? Were you about 15? 15. Nice. Yeah. Well, and you weren't really even supposed to be on that team. Were you like, that was a little crazy. Tell, tell us about that. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was insane. And it, it's it's so different now, like looking back on it, because when I was there and in the moment, it just everything happened so quickly that I didn't have a chance to really like stop and be like, oh my gosh, like I didn't have a great championships. And that was the selection for the Pan American Games and for the world team. And I got selected for the Pan Am Games. And I was I was upset and I was sad and I was angry. I was like, you know, I really wanted that world team. And my parents were like, you know what? It's It's okay. This is what happened. This is what you were chosen for. Like treat this Pan Ams like it's your world's. And that's, you know, that's what I did. So I went down to the Dominican Republic and we, we rocked it as a team. I did really well individually and then got the call. It was while we were still competing, while we we were still finishing up finals that one of the alternates had gotten injured for the world team and they wanted me to fly to the the ranch for the uh, prep camp. And at first, like, we need you to come right away. And they talked talked him down to let me finish (laughs) all of my competition, like finish the event finals that I had made. So I finished finals and then flew right from the Dominican Republic to Houston um, for the training camp for Worlds and was alternate there. Then we flew out to Anaheim and some other injuries and illnesses for the girls on the team, which is just the worst. It's so hard to watch. Bad timing, yeah. It is to watch a teammate and friend and, you know, someone just go down with, with an injury, um, you know, just to see it happen, like, and just like, know that it's bad. It just sucks. But then I was just, I was th- like, okay, now you're on the team. And I was like, oh my gosh. And now you're competing. And this is just, it's crazy. But yeah, in those moments, I didn't fully understand. Cause like I said, there wasn't a lot of time cause everything was happening so quickly. It was just like, okay, now I'm doing this. Now I'm alternate. Now I'm on the team. Okay. I'm competing. All right, let's go. And it was just, there was no time to stop and just be like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? Maybe that was a good thing. You know what I mean? It was. <laughs> That's cool. Cause I mean, didn't you like tie for gold on bars or something yes. too? Yeah. Yes. And, and won the team, right? Yes. That's, ama- <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. That's a really good accident. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It was, it was, but yeah, like you said, I, I think it was a good thing that everything just kind of snowballed and happened so quickly because I could have just really freaked out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so what happened from that point? Because now you're like, okay, I, I went to Worlds and I did amazing at Worlds. Now how, and you you know that you have a shot for 2004. How did that play out? Yes. Yeah, so that was, you know, to have a little downtime after Worlds. And then it was like, really like, okay, like I could do this. Let's, you know, get to training and that. That is the goal. That is not just the dream, but it is a goal now, like for real, you know, is doing really good you know, continuing going to our training camps. And then I was at a training camp in April going for like the international assignments to kind of get ready, you know, competing again. And my, I just landed funny on beam on one of my skills and my foot kind of slipped off and I felt something sharp kind of right away. I was like, ah, shoot, walked over to the trainer and yeah, I think something's wrong. So we got an x-ray down there right away. um, And it didn't really show anything, but I was, I didn't do any more. It just put me in like one of those little walking cast things. And then I got home and saw my foot, my specialist here. And I remember I was, I was at a friend's house. We were outside and my mom called me. She's like, yeah, it's broken. Oh. <laughs> and I just was like, and at first I was just, I was like super upset that I obviously wasn't going to make that team when it first happened, when I was down at the ranch. I was like, oh, I'm not going to make this, that one team I wanted to. But then it was like, oh my gosh, like it's a break. This could really affect my chances at making the team. How how close was it to the Olympic trials? Yeah. So this was April and it was, I think it was around like July, August, because I was in a cast for six weeks and, you know, just certain things always stick out. Like I remember the day I got the cast off and I wanted to cry because my calf was so tiny when they Mm -hmm. took it off, (laughs) but just tried to stay in the best shape I could, especially on bars because I kind of did some swinging with the cast on and things like that. And I was able to get back decently. It was just, it was, it was really quick. Um, you know, I didn't compete at any of the championships. I went out to Olympic trials to train like Marta and the selection committee came to watch me train, but I didn't compete. I did go down and competed at the final selection camp at the ranch. At the ranch. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how did that go? It was okay. I mean, it, it was good. I was on track to be where I needed to be. It wasn't enough in their eyes. Like, they it still wanted more. So I made alternate. Yeah. Were you, were you upset about that? Did you like, how did you take that? 
I was upset. It was, it was really hard to just, to be so close and to not quite make it. But also, you know, I, I did everything that I could. There was, I, I, I don't think I could have done it any differently or any better or gotten ready any quicker. It was just how, how the timing rolled out. I could have done without a few comments that I've heard was like, oh, you just needed maybe a couple more days before this selection or before the company. I was like, don't tell me that because if you knew I would have been ready in a couple of days, the Olympics aren't for two more weeks. Like I have two more weeks to make improvements. So, so just like that, like, and that was after the fact at least, but that, that's like really ticked me off. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like the nail in the coffin, right? You're like, right? not helping. <laughs> right. No, it did not help at all. Like that doesn't make me feel better. Yeah. Well, you came back like gangbusters in 2005. So, I mean, I I guess, was this like fuel to the fire in a way? Or like how, I guess, did your mindset change going into 2005? It did. It was was just because that's when, you know, I came home from Athens and it was just, I didn't really know what to do because it was like I had tried to put, you know, everything I had into obviously rehabbing and getting back and trying to make that team. It's like, okay, what do I do next? And I kind of I want to take a little break, take it easy, maybe learn some new skills and just try to have fun. And that's when I made the coaching change and asked my dad to coach me again. What prompted that? My coach and I, he's fantastic, but we just weren't quite on the same page in the gym. And I just, I wasn't enjoying it. Like he was really, he was ready to, you know, go compete again or try for these competitions. And I, I just wasn't mentally there. I wasn't ready. I was totally still getting over <laughs> not making that team. And he was, he was grieving in a different way because it was such a disappointment to him as well. Yeah. Um, and it was just, we were both processing it differently and it just wasn't working for me. And I just wasn't as happy as I was training. Um, and that's when I just talked to my parents. I just, I, I am not like happy right now. And they just, they're like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep training elite? Do you want to go back to level 10? Do you want to be done altogether? I'm like, I still want to do it. And it was just, it was, it was coming for me and they're like, okay, well then where are we going to send you? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was hoping dad would give it a try first. <laughs> how, did they, how did they react? Did they see that coming or were they surprised? No. Well, cause like I said, the first question was, okay, well, where would we send you? And I was just like, no, <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. I, I think we can figure it out. So what did your, was your dad like? cool with that? Or was he kind of like, how did he react? Does he have other elites or was this new for him? Honestly, he was completely out of coaching at that point. He was an electrician full-time. Whoa. Yeah. So he, he had kind of transitioned. Like he would still be, he was still in the gym, but he wasn't coaching at all. He'd just come in if need be or whatever. But yeah, no, he was completely out of coaching for a little bit at that time. And I was just like, oh, well, you know. So you weren't just asking for him to coach you. You were asking for a career move. <laughs> Pretty much. So yes, he he did do both. And I don't know how he did it. Wow. For as long as he did. I think he did it for almost two years of doing that and then coaching me. Um, and then he did make the transition to just being a coach again. Um, but yeah, and he, it started out, you know, he said, well, well, let's just try it kind of on like a week to week basis, just to really see if it's going to work. Cause how, you know, we don't know if it's going to work or if this is what you, you know, you're going to need to achieve what you want to. Um, but it did, it, you know, we clicked and worked really well together. That's cool. And yes. And we're able to accomplish a lot. So he was coaching you going into 2005. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. And and you had kind of a blowout year in 2005. I mean, you won world championships individually all around, uh, beat out Nastia. Like that's crazy. You got silver on beam and bars as well, right? Yeah, it was crazy. And that, yeah, that was, it was a good year because we were, you know, just, again, just kind of learning, working together, obviously. Um, and him just being in that world, like he's a part of that world, but not as a, co- like full on as a coach or anything like that. You know, and I remember walking into Worlds and he kind of had that moment like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, we're like, this is, this is Worlds. This is the big time. And I, you know, I was just like, hey, it's just, you know, it's just another meet. So you're kind of coaching him yeah. on how to like coach you. <laughs> I like that. Just, just on that part. But it was, it was really cool to experience like that. And then I remember after I hit my floor teen, he was like, you know, thanks for taking me along. And he said, but the coolest part about that was, I got to be down on the floor and just watch that routine as your dad. And that, that was so cool to me to hear him say that. 
Uh, so, oh gosh, that's got to be special. I mean, and did that that had to kind of feel like a little redemption from the year before. I mean, not only are you back and you're winning, you know, but you're also with your dad. Like, that's just such a cool package. That's got to be pretty special. It was really special. It was a really, really fun world. You know, the rest of my family was there too. And it was a really late world. So it was over Thanksgiving. But yeah, just to all like be there together and just have like that great of a competition yeah, it was a, it was really really amazing. So, what happened the next few years like heading into Beijing? How did things like you now now okay, you're in it. All these fun surprises are over like you're you're one of the main contenders heading in there. How, how did that play out? It was okay. So, 2006, I had like a little tweak of my shoulder earlier in the year on April. I was able to rehab it back and feel like super strong and was feeling good again going into Worlds. Made that world team and I hadn't not a great landing, hurt my ankle and training there. So I had that taped pretty heavily. That was a pretty broken world just in general, as far as all of us, our team in general. And then in the middle of competition during team finals is when I tore my shoulder, my rotator cuff and my labrum. And that was, that was just not fun. And it was super weird. Cause it was just like, I felt it. It was on the same skill transition from high to low bar, I could hear it because it was my arm was above my head ah. and feel it tear. And then I was like, hmm, well, I'm going to keep going. See what happens. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, because I'm a little bit crazy. I don't know how I did it. Like looking back now, I was just like, that was stupid. Had to be adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> sheer adrenaline and just being like, because I had already fallen. I'm like, well, I don't want to make another mistake or not even finish this bar routine. So I was like, all right see how it feels, go back up to the high bar. I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing it. Like nothing else as bad is happening. So I finished my bar routine and the way it was structured is how the teams like they flip-flop back and forth. So we were the second team, I think, to finish on bars. and But then we were the first team up on beam. So I finished my bar routine. Like we scooted right over to, to beam to warm up and compete. And it was just like, okay, like I just went. But after the competition is when I like, I really had trouble lifting my arm um, and had to pull out of, cause I, I was leading in going into all around finals. Oh, wow. Um, so I had to pull out all around finals and the other couple event finals that I made. So that was, that was really hard. I would imagine. And you ended up having to have surgery on that. I did. Yeah. So I had surgery right when I got home and then started the long rehab process. Cause like, yeah, with that one, I you know, pretty much lost everything, all the strength, ton of the flexibility. And those days that you stick out that you remember, like I remember the day I could lift my arm above my head for the first time. And I was like, so excited for five seconds. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's so pathetic. I'm excited about lifting my arm. Like, what <laughs> is this? Oh man. So I, well, for divers, cause like shoulders are a common injury for divers too. And I mean, sometimes that takes you out. Like that can be a career ender. And I would imagine in gymnastics, there's even more torque, you know, on your arms, like bars, things like that. Like, did it feel kind of like this might be the end or were you like, no, I got it. Like this is, we're fine. I knew I wanted to keep going. And I just, I, at first it didn't know, like, again, like how, how much it would be, but it was those moments of being sad, being angry, being frustrated, being like, oh my gosh, why did this happen? But then it was just like, my parents are really great at helping me get out of that, like letting me have that time to have a little pity party and to just acknowledge it. Cause like, I don't like when you don't acknowledge those feelings cause they're real and they're valid, but then it's like, okay, now let's turn them around. So I think it's really great how, how they were such help with, with that and with, with, like I said, just allowing and acknowledging those feelings and then saying, okay, it happened. How are you going to deal with it? So I'm super thankful for that. And that's kind of what the shoulder was like. And that was my biggest challenge of all was the shoulder. And I super thankful that we found a really great surgeon. And I had already had the, one of the best physical therapists in place um, who just knows me, knows me well, and learned so much about gymnastics. And I want to like going into the surgery, it was like, I, I want to be able to do everything I did before. And my surgeon didn't look at me like I was crazy, which is a huge plus. <laughs> that's nice. Wow. That's rare when an athlete. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but he did know me and knew how just like determined I was, but it was just like, you know, only fix what needs to be fixed. Don't try to like tighten things up or anything right. like that. So he was super great. Um, Dr. Pennington was, was awesome. And then my therapist, yeah, Cheryl Timmer. Um, 
But yeah, so it was just working really hard then to, to rehab that and to get back to where I wanted to be. Um, and it was really long and it was really hard. And there was always those days that was just like, oh my gosh, like when am I going to get to do gymnastics again? Well, I, I and I love what you said, like you've got to kind of acknowledge those feelings. And I think there's moments like where whether you miss a, a team or just an injury, all these things, and they're devastating. And it's kind of like you have to grieve a little bit, you know? And I think, like you said, it's important because if you don't, you take it with you. And it kind of becomes this like bitter, awful feeling that keeps bubbling up to the surface, right? But if you let it go and you kind of address it and deal with it right away, but don't dwell in it, you know, you can kind of get it out and move past it. Yeah. And th- yes, I completely agree. And that's like what I said, I learn and, and, figure that out, like with the help of my parents and like them being so great and not just being like, well, it's fine. Just brush it off. It was like, no, you can't, you can feel like this. It's okay. And those feelings, you know, they're totally valid, but then it, yes. And then it's, then it's okay. Turn it around. How are you going to deal with this? How are you going to get stronger? What, what are you learning from this situation so you can get better? Yes. I totally agree with that. Like a hundred percent. Love it. Love it. So eventually you did get back. Like what was that kind of getting back and go how close to to Beijing 2008 was that so that was the end of 2006 is when i had the surgery and then 2007 championships i just competed floor because that was the only thing that was really ready and then i got assigned later in that year to do the test event and do a competition in so we went to china and then japan So that was really cool. We got to go over, it was Bridget Sloan and I, we went over to China to compete in the venue where the Olympics were going to be held. And I did decent. I was not quite 100% yet on bars and everything was, it was just, I wasn't in tip top form, tip top shape, but it was still just like at least getting out and getting like competition experience and did okay at both of those events. But yeah, still working hard to get to where I wanted to be because I wasn't close at that point. But in Beijing 2000, well, leading up to Beijing, I should say, like, what was the qualifying for that like? Because you finally achieved that goal of making that team. So walk us through that that time. Well, I'm going to just, I'll start with just my dad being like really fantastic at training plans and, you know, writing them out and just trying to to pace pace me, I guess, pace me really well to be where we want to be and not be like too ready too soon to then you have to hold, you know, up to this like competitive standard and to be in that kind of shape for too long because it's really hard. So we just kind of paced it out and did, did fine at the classics. And then I had a decent championships and then I got, it, it was, like I said, it was just super on pace and then did really, really good at Olympic trials. Like that is one of the competitions where I was like, I just felt on and ready and prepared and confident. And that's such a cool feeling. <laughs> so great when it all comes together at the right time. <laughs> yes. It was just like going in. It was just like, yeah, it was just this great feeling that, you know, that's a really high stress competition, but it was just like, I just felt everything felt good at that time um, and did did really well. I was third in the all around um, and then went down to the final selection camp because they only named the top two from Olympic trials at that time. What, what's more stressful, the Olympic trials or the selection camp? Oh, gosh, the selection camp hands <laughs> down because trials is awesome because there's the crowd, there's everybody. You can feed off of that energy and there's so much more adrenaline. And then you go down to the final selection camp. So like my parents or not, well, my dad obviously was there, but my family was able to be there. But it's not even it's not even close to the same type of crowd and energy and so it is. It was way more stressful to be competing at that final selection camp. But it went well. It did go. I did. I did make that team, and it was. It was just like it felt like just like that finally moment of like, oh my gosh, I you know worked so now it felt like eight years, you know, to make this team and achieve this dream and this goal of mine to hear my name being called out for that team was incredible. And now, always looking back, I remember just like this moment of like. Oh crap. Now I got to go compete. <laughs> like there's so much like you put into making that team 
that it's just like, okay, but now you do actually have to go and <laughs> Right. Well, but in a lot, and I don't know how this is for gymnastics, but with how intense it is, especially for American gymnasts, I'm assuming it's similar, but for diving, a lot of times the trials is more stressful than the Olympics. Like, yes, we still have our goals that we want to do at the Olympics and that's where the big, you know, goal is, but getting there is such a big part of the battle that sometimes that's just way more intense. Yeah. That part definitely was super intense, but then it was just, it was just still like that moment of realization. Like I achieved my goal of making the team, but I didn't really think too much ahead of it of actually (laughs) going to compete. (laughs) Maybe it was like worlds a little bit, right? Maybe not knowing is good. Yes. (laughs) So how, how was Beijing? What was your experience there like? It was okay. Well, hey, and I have to, do you remember us taking a picture in the training room? Yes. I'm going to have to send it to you if you don't remember. Yes, please send it to me though. I want to see it anyway. I'm like, I have proof that we met a long time ago. Yes, because I was in there a lot. (laughs) So was I. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay, sorry. So tell me more about Beijing and your experience, not just me thinking I'm cool hanging out with you. (laughs) Yes, Uh, it was okay. I mean, so many parts of it were great, but just like personally, obviously it wasn't the best. Going through Olympic processing was so much fun, you know, getting all of our USA gear. Oh, yeah. And experiencing all that. Um, Wait, wait, wait. For those people who've never heard about (laughs) processing, tell them what processing is because it's awesome. It's so awesome. You are you literally are given a shopping cart and go through all of these just like different stations and people just dump clothes and gear and things in your cart. And it is wag galore. (laughs) It is the, no, it's just, it is. It's the coolest thing of just getting all the gear. You get your opening ceremonies outfit and all of that Olympic stuff. It, it, that part of it is, is really amazing. It's like Christmas. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So what, what was the not so great part personally? The not so great was just, was getting hurt our second day training. Second day? Second day. Because I was feeling so good just because like coming off such a high at trials and then making the team and just feeling really good, really prepared, really, you know, just where I needed to be. And yeah, the second day training in the morning on floor, I had just done my bigger pass of the double layout and then was going for my simpler twisting pass and felt something in my ankle on the takeoff. Kind of, I walked over to my dad. I was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, something's not right. Walked over to the trainer, just taped it up. Cause I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm at the Olympics. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I went back out, did like a couple hops just to kind of see how it feels. And then trainer came back and got me. It's like, yeah, no, you, you gotta be done for now. So then we, and then it was just like a huge like decision process. Like, what do you do? Do you think you can compete? Do we even know what's wrong yet? Because no, we don't know what's wrong yet. And I, it was pretty much, it was left up to me. Like, did they take you to get x-rays or anything? That, that's what it was. Well, well, that was the big question is if it's something that's really, really bad, it can just be taken out of our hands that you're taken off the team. Like it just might not be our, your choice or our choice or anything. But I was like, I need to know what I'm dealing with. So yeah, so we went to the medical center in, in Beijing and got the x-ray and there was like a, a fracture in one of the bones in my ankle. So while we were gone, uh, you know, coaches and Marta, they all had a meeting um, just to kind of see. And it was like concluded that I, they still wanted me on the team if I could do my bar team. So that was like just a whirlwind emotional roller coaster of a day going from like a high of being there, getting hurt, finding out what it was and being like, yes, you can be on the team, but you have to show us a bar team tonight. Oh, jeez. At least they didn't have to do a mount or a dismount, but I had to, you know, be able to go through the routine. I did. I, I honestly don't know how it was just like sheer mental strength at that time of just being able to, to pull that out. But yeah, so that part of it was not great. So I had like an air cast to walk around the village in. They got me a bike so I didn't have to walk as far like to and from the cafeteria and to and from the the bus station. Yeah, it was a bit of a hike through the village. For those listening that don't know, like the Athletes Village is like 11,000 people. So it's like a small city. And yeah, we had to hike it over to the cafeteria, over to the bus transportation area. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was really nice. And then I was actually allowed because I don't know, part of it was maybe a blessing a little bit because we were pretty much confined to our little apartment we're going down to the training room together. And I did finally convince Marta to let me ride my bike and not just sit in the room <laughs> during our off times. So it's like, 
I need some kind of exercise. Like I can't do anything else at the gym. <laughs> so, but to be able to do that, but that was just that, that part of it was just, it's, it just sucked for me because I wanted to be able to contribute so much more to the team than just bars. And also too, when you're used to competing all around or at least more than one event, there's so much more pressure in that competition, especially just as part of the team and you want to do well when you only are doing one event, like that's all you're warming up for. There's a much longer wait time. There's so much more time to get in your head. So it's, it's so much more of trying to be like mentally tough and prepared for just doing that than what you're used to. So how did you do that? Like what, I guess, what was your mindset and how did you keep yourself composed in that time? Cause that is tough. It was really tough. It was trying to just be a really good teammate and to cheer and to help move things when I needed to or move boards or do this or do that or just try to distract myself that way. So I wasn't just thinking about bars and like that, that was all I could do. It was just trying to do, keep busy. Like I said, just trying to do other things like for, for the, for my teammates. That's smart. Not let yourself get in your head. And so how, how did bars end up? Well, not good the first day. <laughs> Because I did, I fell on one of my release moves. I fell my Tkachev in prelims. But then I did, at least, I made a good bar routine in finals. So that was that was super helpful and just like a big, huge exhale for me to be able to at least hit the only thing I could contribute on. Yeah. Well, and you guys got a team silver medal, right? We did. Yes, we got a silver medal. I mean, how how did you have mixed feelings about that? How was that? I mean, cause it's, it's an Olympic medal, but yet you didn't get to do what you wanted to do. Like, yeah. How did you feel? Yes. In the moment it, w- it was hard, you know, it was disappointing. It was frustrating because obviously our goal and our dream was to win the gold medal as a team. And just like, yeah, for me personally, not being able to do as much as I wanted to do, cause I know I could have helped on other events. Like I would have competed other events if I was healthy. And that part was just so hard just for me. Looking back now, I can be super proud of what we did, but just in that moment, it was it was tough and it was bittersweet. Yeah, that would be hard. What kind of happened after Beijing? Did you keep going? Did you take a break? Were you kind of debating what to do? Because I know gymnastics generally doesn't have a very long lifespan. So what what was going on? <laughs> yes, it usually doesn't. So after we got home, we did a post-Olympic tour and then got back home from that because that was about three months of of being on the road. I did get my ankle fixed. You had to have surgery? I did. I needed a little pin in there to help it heal. So then I did that and it was just, it was awful. (laughs) It was just going from training all the time towards something, having this huge goal, then accomplishing the goal, doing well because we did get a silver medal. And then going right from that to the tour, which is not real life. (laughs) And just being, you know, part of something that that's so much bigger than you and just having fun and trying to navigate that, like, cause then you're kind of training a little bit, but not really. And then getting home, it was really hard. It was a really hard place to be in mentally. Cause I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, do I want to keep training? What, who am I outside of gymnastics? What other goals do I have? Do I have any other goals? Like, I don't even know because I've not really thought about that. How old were you? 20. Okay. So it was just, yeah, it was just not a good time. And my, my parents could see I was struggling and I was trying to, you know, be in the gym, maybe coaching a little bit, but it was just like my heart and head was not in anything because I just felt so lost. I did try to compete a little bit again in 2009, but I wasn't in great shape and my heart still wasn't in it. I was just kind of doing it because I didn't know what else to do. That part of it was, it was just, it was really tough. And then I did, I think took a little break a little bit and then did finally decide like, okay, I am going to give it a go. I, I want to try one more time. So I did get in better shape. I was in a much better place mentally in 2011, you know, to decent at classics, really great day at the championships, um, the first day. And then the second day I tore my biceps tendon on bars. Was it the same arm? It was the same arm. It was a different skill. And it was the weirdest thing. Cause I was, it was at the end of my routine. I went up for the, the giant full, the pirouette and I missed it. And I was like, well, that was funky. It just felt weird and didn't hurt at the time. I was like, whoa, same thing. Like that was weird. Like you don't ever do that. And then I went up and did it again, the same thing. And I'm like, oh, 
something like something can't be right because my arm doesn't just give out like that. So then he just like, just don't finish. I just didn't finish my routine and then didn't finish the rest. But yeah, there was like my biceps tendon kind of tore like laterally. And then it was like, okay, like I had committed to trying through 2012. Like, what do I do? Do I get this fixed? Like what? (laughs) So then I did have, I had another surgery and decided like, let's see how far I can go. Let's rehab it back. You didn't have much time though, right? Because that surgery was February of 2012. Is that right? Yeah, I think I did have a surgery then too. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's what I had. Wikipedia tells me it was February yeah. 2012, but you never know with Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm, it always is confusing. No, I think I had two because, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. You, you know, you had a few when you can't remember how many there are. <laughs> that's awesome. You're like the bionic woman. Right. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so were you able to come back at all? For the trials then, or or did that just not happen? No, it did not happen. So I went to classics and I was training everything, but the, the I was just going to compete one event to try to qualify. And I just had a crap beam routine and I fell twice and then they're like, okay, you're done. And that was it. It was it. That was it. Not how I wanted to end it, but that's, you know, it's what it was. Okay. So I'm curious because I had a really crappy ending too. Like I I was doing really well in 2008. I had had an amazing trials and then I went to the Olympics and we were pretty much fried at that point because a lot of extenuating circumstances and I kind of had an injury. I just didn't dive well. And it was just kind of like, that's a terrible way to end. Like how do you like rectify in your mind to have peace with that kind of ending? So for me, it was because I just like huge, huge outpouring of support, friends, family, and fans across the world pretty much. That was the coolest thing for for me just to see. And it was really hard to appreciate it fully in that moment. And I totally did. But like looking back, because I've had so much time now to think about all of this. And especially now, because I've had topics brought up and talked about it more than I ever have. But just seeing the amount of support that I had was amazing. And that really helped me. And even like, because there was a whole petition that was being signed and my sister and a couple other people actually had printed out copies of all of the wonderful, wonderful words of encouragement and support people had for me. And that like that just like totally brought tears to my eyes. I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like it was just amazing. So that part of it really helped me. And then I also did get to be part of that, the 2012, I got to be a part of the uh, post-Olympic tour again. Oh, that's cool. So I just, I looked at that as a way to just celebrate my career instead of just being like, well, I ended on a two fall beam routine. Um, So that part of it for me was really cool because I got to, you know, perform in front of the crowd and have fun with that. And that was something I was really proud of because I didn't miss, actually, I didn't miss a single tumbling pass or bar dismount in the entire tour. That was just like that little bit of pride for me. Like, okay, you can have bad competitions, but you are still good. (laughs) Uh, I like that. Well, I like the way you looked at it. It's like a way for me to celebrate my career. I love that. That's really cool. I think we all need to find a way to celebrate our careers, no matter how they end. That one moment doesn't define your entire career or who you are. And I think we have to remember that. I love it. Yes. But okay, now you're 32. We're fast forwarding. You've got two sweet little children. You've been eight years out of the sport. So I know obviously the big question is how did this whole comeback thing happen? And okay, since I've kind of been down a similar path, I have to assume this wasn't some quick snap decision. Like you've been there, you know what it takes to get there. You know exactly what you're walking into. So how did this come about? Because I am crazy. (laughs) 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 I feel like it's escalated very quickly. So I started, I just, I wanted to get in shape again after having my daughter, Audrielle. She was born in November of 2017. And, you know, just stretching here and there, started working out just a little bit. Had you been working out at all? Like just, I mean... I was doing a little bit, like after I had Dash right before I got pregnant again, I was I was doing more conditioning and flipping just like really simple stuff. And I tried to stay a little bit fitter when I was pregnant with Audrielle. Like I, I was stretching more and just, just doing a lot more just walking, but nothing like crazy type of fitness or anything like that. I just wanted to feel better. So yeah, I started just doing a little bit more. And then one of my coaching partners was like, Hey, you think you could do this? He started just coming up with conditioning challenges. I'm like, no, 
ask me again in a while. (laughs) (laughs) But it just kind of just that simple like question of do you think you can do it? It like sparked something in me. So then I started doing a little bit more and, and conditioning a little bit more. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> so he got, you know, got out his phone and videoed it. And it is so amazing, like, a, how competitive I t- truly am. <laughs> like, when it's something like that I care about or, I, you know, I'm competing against a kid who's half my age and there's a camera on and I did it. I made it, made this the crazy rope challenge. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah. It, isn't that funny how like, yeah, you do kind of feel sometimes more like a kid as an adult when you go back to that. Yeah. And it was just, and it was one of those things too. Like if I would have tried it again and there was a few challenges that we started early on that I tried again, like the next day or a couple of days later, and I didn't even come close. Like, well, we all know how competitive I truly am. I cannot do it again. <laughs> um, But if they brought the camera out, that might change things. (laughs) Exactly. So it started with that. And I was just doing, then I I started doing more like myself and started figuring out like what kind of conditioning I enjoy doing and what started working for me and doing like little circuits of simple exercises to get, you know, my heart rate going a little bit. Started writing those and I started doing those more. And then I started having the team do them with me. And then I was looking forward to Wednesdays when we did these new challenges and I, you know, starting to do better and get better. And I was starting to see a change just in my body and my strength. And I just kept going. It was just like, I wanted to keep doing it. I wanted to keep feeling good. And it just kind of snowballed. So I was doing those for about a year. And then it was just like, oh, I should, you know, I feel good. I should try flipping and just, you know, see how it feels. So then I started doing that and just doing simple stuff to start with, just trying fun combinations or skills that I enjoy doing and, you know, things that I, combinations that were crazy that I never had time to or weren't even worth trying because I was never going to compete them. I was having fun that way and just doing that, you know, one or two times a week on top of the conditioning and just really enjoying myself. (laughs) You were playing. I was, I was playing. I was like, this is so much fun. And almost immediately, if you're like, well, are you going to come back? I'd be like, no, I'm like, I'm just having fun. Like, I'm honestly doing gymnastics maybe an hour a week. I'm just playing. Well, the biggest thing, too, is just because I was feeling good and I was fit and I was in shape. And I did it so much differently than I ever have before. Like, I always tried to use gymnastics as a way to get in shape. And this was the exact opposite. Like, I was just getting in shape because it, it felt good. I was enjoying it. And I was enjoying that kind of competition with the conditioning games. The gymnastics was like the reward. And that part of it was really cool and just learning so much more about my body and what I enjoy doing and what then what worked for me because it was it was different than what I've done before. And then everything shut down when the pandemic happened in March and we were in the gym so much more than we were before. Like we were in the gym pretty much nine to five, cleaning, disinfecting, doing updates, um, things that you don't ever get to when the gym is full. And I was running our Zoom workouts exclusively for like five weeks or six weeks. And I was working out like just physically more than I was (laughs) ever. (laughs) Cause at that point, pretty much when that hit, I was just like kind of out of maintain. Like I like where I am right now. I feel great. Let's just figure out how to maintain this. So I wasn't even doing quite as much physical activity. I was just maintaining, but then I kicked it up because of, you know, what we were doing. And then I was just like, oh, the gym just, it's empty. It needs gymnastics. So I started doing more. <laughs> it needs gymnastics. It does. I like it's a gymnastics. There's a gymnastics facility with no gymnasts in it. Like some. Like feed me, Chelsea. Yeah. Feed me. <laughs> yes. It was like somebody needs to do gymnastics. So I started just doing a little bit more and doing it a few more times a week and just kind of came up with, well, just, you know, see how it feels, see how some of the old skills feel and keep the numbers low between three and five, not doing it every day, doing it every other day, doing it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and just see, see what happens. And it just kind of just kept going. Kind of snowballed <laughs> a little bit, huh? It, it truly, it truly did. Because even right when I started doing it, I still had no intentions of coming back. I was like, I'm just going to do this just for fun, just to see. I want to see how my body responds. Like, see, can I do this? Can I train for a little bit or a lot less than what I was doing, but make progress 
will my body handle it? It was just like all of these questions, like, and just experimenting. Yeah. I just kept going and going and going and still was like really not wanting to commit to a comeback because like you said, I, I know how hard it is. I know it's, it's, I know it's involved. I know so much of what goes into trying to make a team and especially with how much gymnastics has evolved within the, you know, the last eight, 12 years, it's, it's, it's remarkable. Well, so at what point did you decide to pull the trigger? Like what turned over and clicked in your mind to say, all right, let's do it. It was a lot of things. Cause at first it was, I would set like little things, you know, to myself, well, if this goes well, or if I can do this, or, you know, if I can't do this, well, then it's a sign that I probably, you know, and every little thing I set for myself, I achieved or I got, or, you know, I was making progress on the three days a week. I was doing the skills and my body was still feeling okay. And it was really hard just like to be in that place to be like, cause again, I want to be able to give something my all. And I want to know that I have a chance, slim chance, whatever. I want to know that there is a chance to be successful. And I know no one can ever guarantee anything, but I like to be sure. Sure as you can be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I actually, I didn't tell anybody. I had emailed Tom Forrester, our, our national team coordinator. I didn't even tell my dad <laughs> or my husband. Cause that was too, that was like that other little barrier roadblock. I kind of set up for myself to do that. You know, I emailed him and then we had a conversation the next day and he was so nice and so great, super supportive. I mean, and I knew he would be, but it was just, it was just like that part of me saying, well, if Tom says it's not a good idea, then right. I'm off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he did not say that at all. Like he, yeah, he was just super supportive of it. And he did not call me crazy, which I'm thankful for. <laughs> That's good. Yes. But I know, I know I am, but it was just like, all right, I guess why not? Why not? Don't like, again, like don't stand in your own way of doing something just because you know how hard it's going to be or you don't know if it's going to work out. And that, that was for me because my family was on board. My, you know, husband was on board, my mom, my dad, my sisters, they're all on board. They were the ones being like, you should just do it. Like, just try. And it was, I was the one who was dragging my feet because <laughs> again, it was just like, I want to be able to have a chance at, at being some kind of success. So it was me dragging my feet when everybody else was, 100% on board and supporting of me. But yeah, but then it was just like, okay, why on earth are you doing this and and wouldn't give it a try? Because I'm having so much fun. Like, and again, that that's the biggest reason I am doing it is because I'm still having so much fun. Even now after I've kicked it into a little bit higher gear, I've said it out loud that I want to make a run. I'm still enjoying it. It hasn't changed. That's so good. That's hugely important, I think, for sure. So what's what has been the hardest part for you about being back in full swing? Because I mean, we were kind of starting to talk to it before we started recording, but I wanted to save it for the podcast. But like, I know because training is different now. So like what, I guess, how is full-time look compared to what it used to look like? Yeah. So full-time right now looks incredibly different. I'm still only doing gymnastics three days a week, which is outrageous. I'm doing gymnastics Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I just condition, maybe do a little bit of like drills, but nothing like super pounding. But yeah, just maybe gymnastics drills or back tuck sticks and stuff like that on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I'm still just taking Saturday and Sunday off to allow my body to just rest and recover. And it's worked so far. Like I'm still making huge forward progress with keeping that schedule. And I, I don't think I can keep it that way quite forever, but I want to be able to keep it as long as I can, because I think it's keeping me healthy. It's keeping me sane. And like I said, I'm, <laughs> but I'm still making progress. That's like the coolest thing to me is like, okay, this, this right now, what we're doing is working. Like if I was just stuck and on a plateau, I'd be like, okay, we got to change it. But I feel, like I said, I feel really good. My body feels good. I'm, I'm maintaining a certain level of shape. I'm not going backwards on any of the skills and I'm still learning new ones. So it's working. That's very cool. Has, what's, what has probably surprised you the most on this journey, on this new part of your journey? I know 
that like conditioning makes a difference. But for me to truly, because I feel like I'm completely like experiencing that in a whole new way and seeing it so clearly, how really, how truly, how much the conditioning that I do affects how I'm training. Because some of the things that I'm doing now, like even just like for today example, doing the vaults that I'm doing now, and they're still not the best and they still need work. But doing what I'm doing right now, I struggled with eight, 12 years ago. This was the highest like we've ever landed a double full, like on a soft landing, but it was the highest I've ever attempted to do one. And that's like insane to me (laughs) because one, I never thought I'd be doing double, like doing them again, but then to land it higher and to be doing better than I ever was before. That's saying something. Yeah, it is. And I just attribute that to the kind of conditioning that I'm doing and the different appreciation I have for my body and how I am treating it and conditioning it. And I think that's that's amazing because I know I'm stronger now because I, I feel it and I just and I know it and my body is is different now, but it's it, and it's, it's stronger how about your mindset? Like how, how, yes. <laughs> yes. What, what is that like? Is it totally different than it used to be? Is it like, well, just walk me through it. I don't even want to put words in your mouth. Mindset is, is definitely different too. And before, like I also could be, you know, super focused and it's, but it's just, it's a different level of it. Cause I, I understand my body even more now. And I know that I'm only going to take three to five turns to do something. So I can focus even more and be like, this needs to count. And I can focus on it and be confident. And my confidence is a little bit different too. Like on a lot of the beam skills, I'm just, I'm super confident now. I mean, I was nervous you know, in the first round, nervous to try them again. But then once you do it, you kind of get over that. And I'm just, when I approach a lot of these skills, I am confident that I'm going to make it. Where do you think that confidence is coming from? Well, one, there's years of experience. And two, I'm just knowing my body and believing in myself. That's like super cool and super just empowering because it, and I noticed that really, again, going back to vault today, because I was so nervous on the first one, but I, before I went, cause I was, I was feeling the butterflies cause I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this could be really funny. I might face plant, whatever, but <laughs> I stopped that thinking and I visualized myself making it. I'm like, I can do this. Like you can land this. And that's like what I saw in my head. And that's what I was telling myself before I went. And I did. And that was so cool. (laughs) It was really cool. It was really cool. But yeah, just having that confidence and belief of getting up for a skill and just knowing that I can do it and believing that I can do it is a really awesome feeling. (laughs) Did Did you not have that before? Is that totally different from like in the past? No, I did have that before on a the majority of the skills, there were some skills too that were a little bit hesitant, sometimes especially vaults. But beam, I always felt like I, I attacked beam and so did bars. But it just, I don't know. I just, if it feels just a little bit different now, because I'm just more in, a little bit more in tune with my body or this or that, or just have a different appreciation for it, I think. Just a total different appreciation for what I'm doing and just an appreciation for my body is really cool. Well, so what does a typical day look like for you now? not just training, but, but juggling three kids with training (laughs) or two kids, sorry, two kids, two kids. kids, I have four between us. There's three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Each day is a little bit different Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I get up early. I drop Audrey off by my mom because she's super awesome. (laughs) That's Audrey days. And then I bring Dashiell to school and I head to the gym. My dad will meet me there. I'm usually there about 8.40 to about noon ish, depending how slow I get moving. <laughs> um, noon or 1230 today. It was about 1230 today once I was all said and done. And then I grab Adriel for my mom. We hang out at the house for a little bit before we go pick up Dashiell from school. Then we hang out the rest of the night, which is awesome. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays is a little bit different. I just, you know, get up we take Dashiell to school. I come home, get Audrielle ready because she just started 3K, which is crazy. Nice. <laughs> so I drop her off and am home for a couple hours, try to clean and do house stuff as quickly as I can. <laughs> nice. Because those two hours go by so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I pick up Audrielle. We hang out for a little bit. And then I drop her off by my mom again. And I go into warm up 
and condition with the team girls. Oh, cool. And so I do, yep, warm up and condition. Then I do do a little bit more conditioning on my own. And then I coach them on beam on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Are you by yourself on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Yes, I'm pretty much the only one. And there's a, a top class or two, but yeah, I'm the only one in the gym. Is that weird or is it nice? Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's both. It's nice just because it's quiet and focused and I can just get in and get done. I do miss having Radia, one of our gymnasts who is in there and is is back at college now. It was really nice just having someone to kind of go back and forth with who is also doing gymnastics. But um, yeah, that part of it was nice. But the, the quietness of the gym is, is totally fine for me. Oh, that's cool. Well, okay. How does it work with gymnastics right now? Because I, I know like diving, the process is constantly ebbing and flowing and changing, like how they choose the Olympic team. Um, our current procedures, like you have to qualify for the Olympic trials and that's where the team is chosen. Is yours, does, does gymnastics still have a selection camp with the trials? Is it just trials? Do you have to qualify still? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So it's, it's still like the qualification process of, of getting, getting to classics getting to championships, then from championships, you get selected to go to trials and trials is where they are, are picking the team. Cause now this year it's a four woman team. There are the two like elective spots who are not part of the team, but they can still go. So like Jade Carey has secured her spot to Tokyo on that other path is not being part of the team, but still going as an individual. Okay. So not part of the team competition, but as an individual. Correct. Interesting. Yes. So she, okay. She cannot get like a team medal when she goes. Can she also qualify as part of the team or no? So she could qualify as part of the team, but then she would like forfeit that spot, obviously. Oh, so you have to choose whether you are team or individual. Yes. Wow. That's new, huh? Yes, this is new and they're not, I don't think they're doing it again. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. That's totally different. So... So how do you then qualify for the classics to get to all of these things, if that's kind of the one that you've got to gear up for? So it, I, I could petition there or ask to be invited to a, a, a just a national a training camp and then qualify from there to the classic. Yeah. Do doubts or anything ever run through your mind? Or are you just purely enjoying it and not really worrying about that part of it yet? I want to say like both because I, I am kind of always wondering, like, can I can I keep this going? Can I keep this going? But then it is, it's always is overridden by the joy that I have and the fun that I'm having while doing it. I'm like, so let's just, just keep going. And I just, I just obviously know from experience that a positive attitude is always much better to have. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally agree. I kind of feel like if you go in with the positive attitude, even if things don't work out, like at least you can say you had fun, at least you can enjoy the process and the journey and, and not regret that part of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's what I'm doing. Cause I'm still, I'm trying to like take it all in as it's happening. And I already feel like I've won and I, I didn't, and I'm still kind of realizing the impact that I can have on people. And it's amazing how many people have reached out just to say, Hey, I'm trying this again. Or I went back to this sport that I used to do or started working out more. I started running again. And that is like the coolest thing to me to know that you can have a positive, positive impact on someone else's life. That's just amazing. Definitely. It is huge. It is. And one of the ways you're doing that is by putting out these amazing weekly videos on YouTube, which I am kind of obsessed with. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about that and like how we can find that and follow you there and and online. Yes, it's crazy. And I'm I'm still trying to be comfortable (laughs) with all of like the social media and all of the sharing. But I'm like, I feel like this is a bonus round for me. And like whatever I accomplish is amazing. And it's just a little bit, it's a different approach. It's a, it's a different, you know, I'm a little bit more laid back and I'm just enjoying myself. And it's been really cool to share this process instead of just like, just showing up and seeing like what I can do. It's like, I feel like it's, it's really neat to have people be a part of the journey. And like I said, instead of just seeing like, okay, I showed up at championships, whatever, but to also see that you know, the struggle and to see me getting nervous when I'm trying something new and and knowing that, you know, people who were at the top make mistakes and are scared and and afraid to try something new. Um, So I guess I think that part of it is really cool. And I'm, and I'm getting more comfortable (laughs) with with sharing more. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the YouTube thing, 
that's also kind of snowballed crazy. But it's been a lot of fun to be on that journey as well and learning a little bit more about YouTube, but also being really even more connected with fans and with people, which is very neat part of it. But yeah, my YouTube channel is a great way to kind of see a lot more of the ins and outs of what I'm doing each week. Yeah, I love it. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. But um, I just, I love how, yes, you're very candid on there. And, and the, just you and your dad, it's so funny when he's trying really hard to get 10,000 Instagram followers. And <laughs> I think, did he take you out for ice cream when, it, when, he, you, when you got it? <laughs> that was, that was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Y'all's relationship is great. And it's just, it has been just a joy to watch. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of in it with you too. And so it feels to me like I've got someone I can relate to. And I know a lot of other people feel like that too. And so I just appreciate you putting your, your journey out there and being vulnerable and encouraging all of us. We're very grateful. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I, like I said, I, I really, really appreciate all the people who, who've reached out, continue to do that. And and I just, I want everybody to be able to find a passion or go, or go back to something. But most of all, just take a little bit of time for yourself, a little bit each day or a few times a week. And it, I just, I think it will make everybody happier. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Chelsea. We appreciate you taking this time today with us. Thank you so much. I can't wait to watch you too. Oh, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today. And please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. This allows us to keep bringing on amazing guests, and it also helps other athletes to find this show. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow us on social media and learn more about our awesome guest. To hear all of our amazing episodes, head on over to thepursuitofgold.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Pursuit of Gold is proud to be a Podigy production. That's all for now. Make sure to tune back in next week.